John, I thought you had a great review season. I enjoyed the iPhone review. I enjoyed the Ultra review. But I think the real highlight was your color descriptions. So <laughs> in the iPhone review, you said you like your, you, you're very happy with your iPhone that is black as, Dar- as Darth Vader's helmet or something along those yes. lines. And then the, the Ultra, you can get the action button in, or- in any color you want as long as it is orange. Uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed both descriptions. I, in fact, after you read that, edited the article to change that to you can get it in any color you want it so long as it's international orange. Oh, nice. Nice. Because one of my uh, keen-eyed readers pointed out that you don't have a choice in your shades of orange. <laughs> your specificity is always great, so I, good for you. Do you know what? I will say this. I don't want to spend a ton of time on the Ultra because I think ultimately it's... I, I do because I really want one, even though I never wear it. <laughs> yeah. watch. It well, awesome. <laughs> that's the thing. This is the thing. I it This is sort of a sucker watch for Ben Thompson because, all right, I know you, me and you are pals, and I know you like watches, and I know you like orange. <laughs> and I like big and watches. I, <laughs> right. And I know that you've kind of got... You know, for your size, relatively large wrists, this Apple Watch is meant for you. This is honestly like a sucker, like a sucker Apple Watch for Ben Thompson. I've, I've it really the is. Apple Watch for a decade. And it's going to finally suck me in. <laughs> I have never before been tempted to mention you in a review. <laughs> and this time, <laughs> it, it honestly, I thought, you know what? I'll save it for dithering. This is perfect, but uh, this is a total sucker Ben Thompson Apple Watch. I enjoyed the review. I loved the conclusion. I did want to mention that where you talked about how the iPad, because it grew up from the iPhone, the software has never felt quite right or quite capable enough for the power of the device, which has been an an issue. You're speaking of a decade. I overstated the time of the watch, but that's definitely been the case for the iPad for a very long time, particularly since the pros came out. And this idea that this, like, this is a pretty capable device and watch OS is not that capable of an OS, which was fine when it's a small when it's a small watch. But if you actually do have a computer on your wrist and one that you can actually interact with, you are sort of left wanting more. I thought that was a really interesting analogy and made a lot of sense to me. You know me, I love stupid analogies. I like to take a hypothetical too far. But just just imagine that in like 2011, a team full of uh, Apple engineers it was on a spaceship and it went out of control around the orbit and all of a sudden boom they're off to jupiter and they're not coming back to earth for 20 years but they have uh, a whole cargo bay full of ipads and they can write the software for the ipad for 20 years they can't change the hardware it's already set how good could that ipad software the os get if if a a, a big spaceship full of talented engineers could just focus on it without thinking about the iPhone at all, right? No iPhones on board. It, it would be better than it is. There's, I, I don't know how much better, but it would be better. And I think a lot better. And I kind of got that. I kind of get that feeling with this watch where it's like, man, this thing has battery to spare. You know, you can do whatever you want. And 24 hours later, it's still at like 45, 50%. So like, why not let me kind of use it as my phone and and you know get one day battery life what what could this device do and it's it's uncanny i know it seems like a purely aesthetic choice 
but it's uncanny how having a perfectly flat display surface on this watch compared to the uh what would you call it a bubble shaped domed i think is the word domed yeah but and as the other apple watches have evolved they've made the display part expand to be domed just like the surface crystal as opposed to the early years where it was a very flat display under a domed crystal but now the the display part is sort of embracing that domed edge to edge thing whereas this one it's just perfectly flat and it just seems more inviting for like tap 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 uh, let me you know let let me just actually spend time tap 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 tapping around on the surface of this watch well i do agree that uh that was an absurd analogy but i liked it i i i, I get exactly <laughs> what you're going with it well, and again, that, that was my point. Whereas if this were, it shouldn't be the one and only Apple Watch because it's way too big for most people's taste. But if it were, I really think the OS would uh, let you do more. I really do. Well, speaking of doing more, uh, I did. Uh, <laughs> NVIDIA had their GTC keynote this week. And it's pretty wild. Like you understand conceptually what's happening because. Number one, they have the GPU, then they built CUDA on top of it. And once you have all the APIs and the infrastructure, like it's a, it's like a, a ball rolling downhill. Like it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And you can like, just having the core pieces enables all these sorts of things. So they end up talking about all sorts of things. And it's, but it's kind of overwhelming the number of stuff that they end up talking about. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's like they introduced this new gpu that's pretty crazy and they spend like 10 minutes on it right like whereas back in the day the whole keynote would have been game demos i just thought that was a really sort of striking striking bit from it yeah and i'll tell you what i got this because uh an nvidia keynote is one of the times when my son is watching live and i'm not and i get my news filtered through him and he's like i don't know why they're spending all this time not talking about games and i'm like <laughs> All right, let me talk to you later and I will explain to you why they're not. But you have a point. You know, like the people who were tuned in wanted to hear about games. <laughs> Some of the people. Yep, yep. Well, and you see this in their financial results. Like their financial results are still by and large driven by selling selling GPUs. And yes, their data center business is growing a lot. And a lot of that is a lot of the sort of AI processing. We talked about that previously runs, you know, generally runs best on, on NVIDIA cards most efficiently. But a lot of this keynote is like, this is ideally where it's, you know, it'll show up in a few years, but I mean, nothing really captured the feel of the keynote where the sort of one more thing was a partnership with Deloitte, <laughs> right? Which is like, it, they did quite have the, I made this joke, I had Jetson Huang on the interview this week. I, I made the joke that you didn't have the enterprise bit in keynotes where they bring partner CEOs on and then they like sit down in like two chairs on the stage and have a canned conversation. But it was, it kind of felt a little bit like anything but. But you understand why it is. And I understand why this is, you know, I would say big picture. My big picture takeaway is that NVIDIA is doing exactly the right thing, which is leaning into the area where they have an advantage over everybody else in the industry. And it is a, it, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what the point of that advantage is, which I think is why the keynote was a little bit all over the place, but it is absolutely a hard stop 
technical advantage and it's worth a lot. Yeah, well, because it's not just the the hardware parts, right? It's the it's the it's the fact they have a software like like I've I think I've I've made this analogy on Shataka before. I can't remember if we've talked about it on here, but there is an aspect of NVIDIA that is very Apple like in that it's very much about the integration between their hardware and their software. And like Apple, the way they monetize this massive software investment is by selling the hardware. Like that, that, that whole software mm-hmm. ecosystem only works on NVIDIA chips. And, and so, and I think, you know, you wonder why do NVIDIA and Apple not get, a, get along? I think there's probably some aspect of like, they're a little bit too alike, right? And they both want total control over their stack and they don't, you know, because I think the original dispute was about drivers and things along those lines. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, which, which makes total sense because they, that they, both of them feel like, no, this is the part that we own and we're good at. And like, nope. Whereas, you know, a, you know, AMD with with their with the Radeon processors, like okay, Apple, if you want if you want to take the lead on software, go ahead, that's fine, no no worries. I mean, which is AMD, you know, AMD's sort of trailed along on software all along, like being on x86, and yeah, AMD's crushing it now, but they're crushing it by being the best processors in the existing software ecosystem. Nvidia is really unique amongst sort of chip designers because the software component is such a massive part of their business. And this was definitely, this whole keynote was like, to your point, it was like a sell job. It's like, look, there's all these things that are being made possible. And I actually thought the Dwight bit made sense because when you talk about particularly like the large language models and these transformers, like you're starting to see real life applications particularly in white collar work where they make a lot of sense. Like, like we've seen GitHub Copilot. You could definitely envision, I was talking to Andrew Sharp on, on Sharp Tech. Like he used to be, he was a lawyer. Like there's a lot of busy work that's done that you could definitely see being sort of automated going forward. And in that regard, if you feel like this technology is ready to go into workplaces, like you need a sales, you, you need a sales team, right? You need someone to help people figure that out and do that. And so I can understand why it was featured. It's still, if you had told someone 20 years ago or 15 years ago, or even 10 years ago, that an NVIDIA keynote would end with a partnership with the light, <laughs> like you would have blown your mind. The other thing I came away with after reading your interview with Jensen Wong is the importance of quote unquote real time is a North star that keeps NVIDIA focused. And I kind of feel like that's exactly where Intel lost the plot. And because real time is a thing and it can't be faked. So if you can render something in real time, that's real. And it is based on human perception and it is the most realistic. It can look as you render in real time, the most like a, a, a real $300 million movie uh, graphic wise. And it anchors their capabilities into a real tangible thing. Because if, if, human beings died out and all we had were machines and we lived in the future of the movie AI and, and the computer said, Oh, you want me to do blank? Uh, Oh, that'll take me 40 years. And the computers, if they're just going to be there, they would be like, okay, fine. All right. I'll wait 40 years. Whereas (laughs) human beings are like, ah, I'm not waiting 40 years. Forget it. You know, I want it now. I want this rendered in real time. It is, it, it is an important anchor that, NVIDIA has that graphics have that 
that's sort of been lost for CPUs. Yeah, because CPUs just got too good, right? It's like, okay, right. what, do we, what do we do next? That, that's a really insightful point. You need something that you're driving for that, you know, it, it makes it makes a ton of sense. And I think this bit, I, I, I liked his sort of, his point where, like, AAA games are, they're very deterministic, and you have to go out, and you have to draw all this sort of stuff. That's why there's not many of them. That's why they cost so much money, because it's literally the labor of, of, of art, of drawing this sort of stuff. If you move to a world where everything can be simulated in real time and can be generated on the fly, like the the... And he made the analogy, he thinks the future is like Minecraft and Roblox. Well, imagine Minecraft and Roblox, but with the graphics of like Red Dead Redemption or something along those yeah. lines. Like you can, yeah. that's very tangible how compelling that would be. Because Roblox is already incredible. Minecraft is already incredible and you're dealing with literal blocks, right? And so, mm -hmm. so I love the point that just having something to shoot for, one, motivates the company, but then two, it's also a vision that I think is really easy to grasp and like, oh, yeah, that would be pretty sweet, actually. Yeah, you don't have to convince people when it's true. You can say, here it is. Here, here, look at it. It's running on your system, on your screen. You can see it and look at how look at how realistic it looks. You yeah. know, you, you don't have to really sell it. You just have to show it to them. And I, I it really struck me that that's what Intel lost because real time CPU performance has ceased to be an issue, and there are there are things CPUs can do that should be better than what Intel's can do, and Apple Silicon has sort of shown the way. But it's it's these things that it's easy to lose sight of. Whereas Nvidia, they they have these really tangible goals of oh. This these are our best video cards ever, and they're nowhere near good enough. And we're working to get to good enough. Yeah, and the, the, I mean, Apple with their processors, they had the goal of efficiency and battery life, right? And so right. that that, but Intel, in part, this this is I, I love this I love this idea because this was a secondary blow of losing in mobile. It wasn't just that they didn't get all the sales in mobile; it's that they never really got the the drive and the push for efficiency. Cause it's like, yeah, we lost anyway. All our computers are going to be plugged in. And it's funny because now it's coming around to kick them in the butt as arm gets bigger in the server. And why is arm getting bigger in the server for efficiency? Why, why yeah. is arm so efficient? It's not just the inherent instruction set and all those sorts of things. It's because people in the industry have been pushing arm hard for more efficiency for the last 15 years because cell phones needed it and and intel's missed out on that and so they're even more behind the eight ball it's not like missing mobile wasn't just a financial thing it was a cultural thing it was a north star thing a great insight i love it well thank you